Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Parada, and joining me to break down week 10 college football, James Bitter. How are we doing? Excellent. Excited to, call, uh, to have some input on these games. Going to Vegas, too, this weekend. Let's go. Yep, first time is illegal, so it'll be a good experience. Nice, nice. Um, then uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think you should just just for shits and gigs, you throw down a nice little twenty five dollar ten team parlay to cover yeah, right for the entire year. Yeah, don't worry. All right, I spent all week trying to go back and forth on my ten favorite plays. So oh, okay. <laughs> I've I've just been deciding on the amount more so than whether or not it's going to happen. <laughs> It makes sense. Um, yeah, this card is light years better than what we had last week. Not the last week, wasn't it? It was last week, yeah. But anything was better than last week. Yeah, it was just boring. Not, not a bunch of great games. This week we got – I'm just going to kind of run through the big games I'm excited to watch. BYU-Boise State, uh, Friday night. We've got Michigan-Indiana in the morning – um, Arizona State USC in the morning. Pac-12 starts this week. Um, if you guys didn't know, uh, West Virginia Texas. I'm very excited to watch. Um, so you're just scrolling down here. Florida Georgia is the other big one. And then at night we have one of the games of the year. I'd imagine it's another top five matchup, and it's Clemson versus Notre Dame. I was really bummed a Cal Washington, a Cal versus Washington got canceled today. I had seven points of clv on that i got a plus six early we uh, actually we uh we threw that out earlier um a couple weeks ago on one of the pods but um yeah real bummer yeah <laughs> sorry about that i i cut out for a second but i'm sure you didn't mention the umass game and anytime umass plays or that is one of the best games of the day marshall minus oh, 45 absolutely yeah lock that well, up <laughs> What's funny is I think the total is like 53. Yeah. So it is. I think you're just basically betting that UMass doesn't score eight points. But um, I say let's just get into it. I'm very excited to break this down. Um, and we will go, we want to go top down or from five to one? Uh, we can go top down. So let's just get into it. And starting at the top, uh, the top of your top five. So your number one favorite play of the of this college football card, and you're going to the biggest game of the night, uh, and that's Clemson at Notre Dame, where Clemson's lane five, and you like Clemson. Tell me why. Yeah, I do like Clemson minus five. First off, we're getting a really cheap number here. If Lawrence is playing this game, Clemson is easily a double digit favorite. Mm, uh, so minus five, uh, you'd be surprised. It's quite the adjustment. I heard uh, some guys that. Chaz and I have listened to for a few years. He said they had aligned at minus 13 with a healthy Lawrence. So I, that's quite the adjustment, eight points, especially for the top quarterback in last year's class. And he looked pretty good last week. And then the other part of this. And he looked awesome that last week. It, yeah, yes, yes, in that comeback win. Uh, the other part of this is that Notre Dame, we think there's been this conversation for a few years now. Are they truly elite? They actually asked Kelly after the game last week if he thought they were elite, and he said, yeah, we're 29-3 and our last 32. But if you really look at what elite is, that's winning championships and winning, like, New Year's Six Bowl games, 
since 1994, Notre Dame is four and 40 straight up and 11, 32 and one against the spread against a team that finished in the top 10. Obviously Clemson's going to do that. And then Notre Dame, if you watch all these bowl games, they get bullied by the big boys. Uh, I think it was two years ago, right? Chaz, when Notre Dame played Clemson and the bowl. Yeah, the it was. Playoff, yeah. Was they, year. We, we, I, this, they're they plus 11. I think we we're all on Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I see something similar happening here. And another thing I hadn't really thought about until today, uh, listening to another pod that I won't give a shout out to, uh, Rent Venables is a 20-year defense coordinator, I think widely known as the best in college football. And he's going against first-year offensive coordinator, Notre Dame, Tommy Rees, 28-year-old. Huge mismatch there. I don't think Clemson's even going to need to do that much on offense. I think they're going to shut Notre Dame down. Yeah, Ian Book, he's a senior. He has the experience, but I don't think it matters here. I think Clemson wins by double digits. Uh, I do Well, I do agree that there's somewhat of a coordinator mismatch. I'm of the opinion that Brett Venables is probably – it might be the best assistant coordinator in all of football, including the NFL, or uh, just assistant coach, I guess. But uh, we can't be disrespecting my boy Tommy Reese like that. That's a former Notre Dame quarterbacking legend. Not really. Uh, how many? Yeah, I was gonna say, how many big <laughs> games did he win? Now, um, he fits but right in line the last twenty years. I will say, uh, he has opened the offense up a little bit, and I think, um, and they're like, kind of, they're like running the ball more, which is, I think, that what they should be doing with Book in that beast, beastly O line. Um, that being said, I completely agree with your yeah, point. But I think we're getting a super cheap price on Clemson. And I think people are, are underrating their defense at this point. Um, one thing I want to check really quick is if um, James Skalski is playing. To uh, your point, though, underrated defense. We've seen them sleep, sleep a lot through the first, uh, the first halves of the last two games they played at home, especially last weekend. And Boston College, they got every bounce last week in that first half before Clemson truly turned it on. So I think a lot of people don't understand how legit that defense is. And, like, this is a huge step up in class for Notre Dame. Obviously, Clemson hasn't played probably a team as good as Notre Dame. They've played Miami. Obviously, dismantled them. But the best team Notre Dame has played is Louisville, and they won 12-7 at home. So mm, I think Pitt's I think Oh, I guess Louisville did beat Pitt. So what do I know? Um, yeah. That's, but yeah, I, that, I, I, I kind of agree of with that. A lot of disparities here. Yeah. Um, I think uneven play pushes me towards Clemson. Uneven play from Notre Dame, that is. Also, Yuyang yeah. Galele was making throws that Trevor Lawrence makes, and that dude is a tank. No one is tackling him in the open yeah. field. He is humongous. He looked like he's like 6'5", 240. They kept showing his dad in the, in the stands, and it, and I was, I mean, like, I was just kind of shocked he, he like, wasn't, like a left tackle or something, because that dude is a, a also humongous. But um, yeah, were they say he was a bouncer? Yeah, he was a bouncer. It's or like something. six, seven, four hundred. Human? <laughs> no way. <laughs> also, I believe it. That dude is a fucking bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Clemson minus five. Um, I'm. I also, uh, James Skalski and two other Clemson defensive starters. Um, will be out so that makes you want to look at an, an over especially with somewhat of a low total um which the total is 
50 and a half. Yeah. Um, Cause I think now I think that the Clemson offense is getting uh, a discount too. Just like, I don't think the market has reacted enough to how good DJ played. And I think that like this, aside from that, Travis Etienne fumble six, that was like, I don't even, I don't really know what he was doing. Like he tried to like get the handoff with his hands, but yeah, that was know. a confusing play. But to your point on the over, I look more live over. I don't Ooh, think we're going to see fireworks to start this game. I think uh, there'll be a lot of nerves. So they'll probably feel each other out for quarter. I like that. A little closer to the belt play calling. And then it'll start to, as like the game progresses, they'll start to open, open up a little bit. And I don't, I think what might happen is like, more so like scripted defensive drives, if that makes sense, where they kind of like Venables is targeting things he likes on the first few drives. And then he, re- and then he'll just react as the game goes along. And I think that that will uh, play towards an over. Hopefully we can get yeah. uh, like a 46 or 47 and a half live. Yeah, we'll see. There's also no weather. So that shouldn't be a factor. Like it would be mm-hmm. at this time of year, typically. Yeah. All right. Go Clemson. Go Clemson Tigers. Um, West Virginia traveling to Texas. And this is a game that we gave out earlier in the week. Uh, we told you to bet it at seven and saying it's go, uh, it's, it was going to go down. Um, this is my favorite play, West Virginia plus seven. And I think they're going to win at this game outright. But it did not go down as much as I thought it would. But still, it's at six and a half right now. So I still think that's worth a bet. So West Virginia is off an incredibly dominant win over Kansas State where they just brutally dominated on both sides of the ball, much like they have every game in terms of total yards. Um, Excuse me. Um, And Texas is off a very fraudulent overtime win. They they eked out a win in overtime with a plus four turnover differential, and and they were outgained by 240 yards. I think West Virginia has the best secondary in the Big 12, and I think that their D-line should be able to control the line of scrimmage enough to limit the Texas ground game. And I'm also a fan of the West Virginia quarterback. I think he uh, he impresses me every time. I kind of expect him to have, a, like, off performances. But, I mean, like, the dude's a gamer. He's, like, a, he's a, this thick white dude. And he, he can run the ball a little bit too. Um, yeah, give me West Virginia all over the Mountaineers this week. Yeah, West Virginia looked really good last week. I was happy to be on them on the sharp side there. Um, their coach actually said, and like this is second year now, West Virginia said that was the best all-around game they've played. So I think they'll come into this game with some momentum. Uh, I, I lean on West Virginia. I don't I don't love it because I think we could have gotten a better number had, had they not played so well last week. But to be fair, Texas also had a pretty misleading result if you look at that box score. What I'm looking at more in this game is if I had to take anything, is that under. West Virginia has been exceptional on defense all year. And uh, a lot of these Texas scores have been inflated by overtime, like even last week, Oklahoma game, and then Texas Tech. Well, that was a shootout either way. Uh, but both defenses have played a little better as of late. And I think this will be a slower tempo game, especially for West Virginia. And Texas has not impressed me on the offensive side of the ball. They were given all their points last week. So under 54 and a half doesn't look too bad to me. 
Yeah, and um, just to add on to that point, uh, Texas and West Virginia are both ranked very high, highly in the Big 12 in Havoc, which is a good sign for an under. Uh, moving on to your number two play, which is Arizona State. And they are playing at USC, um, taking on the Trojans, where ASU is getting 11 points. And I like this total, which is sitting at 56. But go ahead and tell me why you like the Sun Devils this weekend. I like the Sun Devils for a multitude of reasons. The first one is the kickoff time. This isn't like the main reason, but 9 a.m. kickoff time West Coast. When have you ever seen that? Really weird scheduling by the Pac-12 here. I think it's going to be hard for teams to be amped right away, even if it is game one. Uh, it's also raining too, which well, it could go both ways for that total and the sides. Depending on how slick the field is, not really any win. But I think ASU's quarterback – Jaden Daniels will do whatever it takes to keep in this game. They do have a lot of turnover from last year. But I just don't think USC on a neutral is 11 points better. You and I were talking about it. The direction of this ASU program looks really good right now. And then on the other side, USC looks like they're heading in the wrong direction. Uh, and I don't think as Herm's tenure goes on, we're going to get too many spots where he's a huge dog like this. Like last year we saw against Oregon at home. They're plus 14, one outright. Uh, there's, there was a couple other dog spots, I think, the year before in his first year that he won outright as a dog. I think he's a really good motivator, and he'll have him ready for this spot. And a lot of people are worried about losing Eno Benjamin as well in the backfield. But from what I hear, they have a stud freshman running back coming in, and I think he'll make a difference. I think Jaden Daniels make the throws he needs to make to keep him in this game. I think this is a possession game all the way through, so I'll definitely take the 11. Yeah. Uh, I am completely on board with ASU. So I think that since Herm Edwards has gotten there, he hasn't had great recruiting classes, but now he's finally starting to get talent. And despite not having good, ta like great talent, he has elevated that, like that team to like pretty good records year in, year out. Last year, we saw them upset Oregon in a pretty convincing way. Um, and Jaden Daniels is, I mean, I, he's looking like a college football star. Um, did you talk about their true freshman running back? I mentioned him. I didn't say go um, into any specifics. So I, you, I, I did hear you talk about the roster turnover, which is big because they lose uh, skill players on the offensive side. Uh, you know, Benjamin Ayuk, who's been uh, great with the Niners. Um, but I, I, th I think that as like the, he's been recruiting better since he's gotten there. And I think that that talent is going to start showing up. And I think that ASU will end up being okay. I mean, we saw Jane Daniels last year, just as a true freshman. Um, and especially with – here's one, one more thing I want to look at this is the USC practice time was greatly affected by the California laws. So – and mm. I don't know too much about how Arizona's kind of dealt with it. But a little, definitely. But I'd sure. imagine it's a little much. better. I would imagine it's a little better. Um, if not, I guess it's just kind of a wash. But um, the other thing is, I would expect Herm Edwards to kind of keep the team more focused during this time, especially this week, uh, which is like just a insane, bonkers election week. Um, so, yeah, 
I give me a give me Herm Edwards over uh, Clay Helton. That dude sucks. Yeah, Although I don't think he's that I don't think he's that horrible of an in-game coach. So uh, I um, disagree. Is he that bad? Maybe I mixed him up with someone else. Anyways, he's horrible. Go Sun Devils. Moving on. My second favorite play of the weekend is Liberty, who is tra- traveling to Virginia Tech to take on in the in-state rival Hokies. Uh, Liberty is getting 15 points, and I also want to sprinkle a little something on the money line here. Basically, it comes down to this. I want to fade the Virginia Tech defense. Um, I am going to look at a Liberty team total over, which I think uh, – James, you want to go on Bovada and see if they have those up right now? Um, I really like this Eagles. Liberty offense. Yeah. Um, they – run the ball very well. I think they have five running backs who have rushed for over 300 yards and their quarterback has rushed, uh, leads that team in rushing. Uh, they pass the ball decently well, but that running game is the crown jewel. Hugh Freeze has got that, uh, got that offense rolling. I think they're undefeated. Um, which yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I, mean, I guess it doesn't really matter uh, yeah. that much. But the other thing is, I think Liberty is going to have an uh, motivation edge. One, I think Virginia Tech could be looking ahead to Miami next week, who comes to Blacksburg. Two, Virginia, or excuse me, Liberty is made up of a bunch of recruits who probably didn't get recruited by Virginia Tech. Um, and I think this, uh, I if I'm Coach Hugh Freeze, I'm just leaning on that as much as possible. I believe Liberty gave them a, gave them a game last year. And um, yeah, I expect them to keep within two touchdowns. It's, it's Virginia Tech cannot get a stop, and they are horrible against the run. They have horrible rushing explosiveness ratings. They're they never uh, their stuff run rate is really low. Give me Liberty plus the points, and they are going to win this game outright. Did you get that team total? Oh yeah, it's twenty four and a half. Oh and wow, half. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's uh. I don't know if I agree with the outright call, but you could certainly see that uh, Virginia Tech is sleep at the wheel here. If you really like Liberty on the money line, I would also look at that first half. Maybe a sleepwalk through that first half, and then I like Virginia that. Tech I think that's kind of turns call. it on. Yeah, that's that'd be my angle too. And then that over, that total is pretty high, but I wouldn't hate the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Neither of these teams run at an incredible tempo, but neither defense is going to be able to get a stop here. Agreed. Uh, moving on. Yep. All right. Uh, ooh, a little Mountain West game. Your third favorite play of the weekend is the San Diego State Aztecs, who are somewhat hosting San Jose State, and SCSU is a lane nine. Uh, this is technically a home game for the Aztecs, but the game is being played in Carson, California. Not that there would be fans anyways, so I guess it doesn't matter. But um, tell me why you like the Aztecs. Well, being a lifelong SSU fan, I've learned my lesson. Take the dog in almost every San Diego State game and you'll be profitable. But here, I'm actually on the other side. I'm on SSU minus nine because I think this line is really cheap. So looking at the Aztecs' first two games, they've outgained Utah State 570 to 215 and UNLV 424 to 186. Two pretty dominating performances. And then San Jose State comes in 2-0, Trade up and against the spread, just like SCSU. Their two wins, New Mexico, they outgained them 579 to 443. 
which yeah they won the yardage battle but probably decently handily but new mexico is dealing with a lot of covid problems and i think they're expected to be probably the worst team in the mountain west this year and then week one San Jose State at home was a seven-point dog to Air Force, and they won the game 17-6 outright. But they're outgaining that game, uh, 298 to 294. So I don't know what to expect from San Jose State. I think they've been relatively lucky. And then if you look at San Diego State, they've just been dismantling these teams. And I think a lot of it has to do with different coaching. Brady Hoke came back in the offseason, and some of those offenses when he was head coach last time around at SUSU, much better than what we've seen out of Rocky Long's offenses. So I think they're going to shoot the ball, air it out a little more. Uh, and they, Carson Baker and who's Bell right now in the backfield? Greg Bell? Uh, great. Well, there's Greg Bell and Chance Bell. Uh, and one of the Bells. It's just it's great, Greg, Greg Bell is balling right now. He's the really yeah. good one. Yeah. It doesn't matter which Bell is in the backfield. They're both going for a buck. SCSU is going <laughs> to win this game by 21 plus. I agree. Um, the San Jose State – Defense has looked good, but they've been playing really bad offensive teams. So, like, I'm I'm just kind of discounting it. Uh, Nick Starkle has looked pretty good, but he's been playing bad uh, defensive teams. So, I agree. I think the Aztecs are going to roll here. They are looking – I, dude, I'm telling you, they play BYU. They play Boise State. I, I think they're going to be ranked in the year. I think they're they will really be ranked good. by the end of the year. I wish I you could bet would- on that. Yeah, I also I was looking at the team totals for this game. San Jose State's at 17 and a half. Would not mind that under. I don't think they've seen a defense like this yet. Oh, no I'm, way. I'm confident SSU's defense is probably the best unit in the Mountain West. I'd agree. Also, um, one more thing to consider is that San Jose State has been moving the ball through the air, and mm-hmm. the Aztecs secondary and pass rush is like the best part of their defense. So. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm yeah. all over that. For my next uh, favorite play, I'm going to be a little chalky here. I'm taking Memphis minus 18, and they host South uh, South Florida. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, it's pretty simple. I just want to bet on the Memphis offense kind of bouncing back after a loss. The one thing that worries me here is that they just took on a really physical team. So maybe there's a little um, – they start off a little slow. I don't know if that really matters. It's going to be really easy for them to beat up on USF. The USF offense sucks. Um, the the USF defense sucks. I mean that that, that just a horrible team all around. Yeah, they they're not a good team. They're one of the worst FBS teams uh, in the country. Not quite on the U- UMass Akron level, but they're in, they're in the vicinity. And uh, I just I I think that the Memphis offense can move the ball efficiently and quickly. And that's what I want to see when I need to, uh, to cover spread by three touchdowns. Yeah, you get agreement from me. I'll probably bet this one. Won't be one of my bigger bets, but I like it. Last year, I'm looking at the box score. Uh, kind of played out exactly how we think this game might. South Florida ended the first quarter up 10-7, and then the rest of the game got outscored 42-0. That's a pretty similar South Florida team to this year. It's finished 4-7, and 5-7 and seven last year. Uh, so... Memphis isn't as good, but that was also on the road. I think they just roll them here. Get some get some revenge out. Take out some of that anger from last week you're seeing manhandled by Cincinnati. Yep. All right. Moving on to Oregon State, who hosts 
Uh, new coach, Nick Rolovich, and his Washington State Cougars. Oregon State is lane minus one and a half. James, and you are a fan of the Oregon State Beavers. Tell me why. I, I am. I think what I saw from Oregon State last year, they outperformed expectations. And then I think another offseason with that same staff is, is really going to help. And then on the other side, Washington State, new coach in Rolovich, who has actually, is actually a really good coach in Hawaii. I think he could be a good fit in Washington State, too. Runs a similar scheme to Leach which is why I don't think having a limited offseason is the biggest of concerns for Washington State. But it still is. It's a little different. They'll run the ball a little more, the run and shoot. Um, but I like Oregon State here. They're going to come out. I think a lot of this, uh, the respect in this game, it opened up Washington State minus three on the road, comes from last year's Washington State teams and like what Leach has done in the past. But he's done that with transfer quarterbacks, all of them Juco's, Gardner was from East Carolina. So now they have, they're starting a true freshman. So I think a limited offseason really hurts them. And I think Oregon State will come out and win this game pretty hand. I wouldn't say handily. I think it could be close, but I don't think anything after three I like. Yeah, um, you get agreement from me. Um, well, let me take a step back. I'm not going to bet this game because – I think that the adjustment from Mike Leach's offense to Nick Rolovich's offense is not going to be that drastic. And so I don't see the offense taking too much of a setback. The one thing that does worry me is, I mean, moving on from Anthony Gordon, who was a beast last year in college football. However, I think Rolovich is starting a, like a two-time Gatorade Hawaii player of the year who he recruited at Hawaii and now, um, he brought to Washington state. So maybe there's like good chemistry there and he's getting the guy he wants going. Um, I think the Washington state offense is going to be pretty solid. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. So, and I just need to be, I just need to see Oregon state run the ball really well. This might be a live bet game for me where if I see Oregon state picking up just chunk chunk plays early on in the game on the ground. Um, Cause Washington state had an abysmal rush defense last year. Uh, I might bet Oregon, Oregon State live. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I also forgot to mention that uh, Luton is not starting for Oregon State this week. He's actually starting for the Jags. But that that kind of worries me a little bit. I forgot he was leaving, but I still like Oregon State. It's a, I think we're getting a good line here based on what's transpired in the last six, seven months. Yeah. Um, I think Nick Rolovich also uh, got a little um, – I think – didn't he, wasn't he, didn't he get in a little bit of trouble for something early in the year? Yeah, it's, I, it's something to do with like the Black Lives Matter things in Washington State. I think he said something. And oh, well yeah, that's right. Players. Yeah. So who, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they won't be too excited. A little for unrest. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Oklahoma State's had a pretty solid year. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just lost. Maybe Mike Gundy doesn't have their locker room where he wants it. No, just um, lost him, just like that. For my next favorite play, we're going to stay in the Pac-12. Uh, actually, we're, this is going to be quick. We're just going back to a game we already talked about. Arizona State and the USC. I like the game over 56 points. Uh, there's going to be a little – you said there's going to be a little rain, right? Yeah, let me check back. Keep talking. All right. I'll look um, at that real quick. I, I'm fully bought in on the ASU offense. I don't think that – the USC defense is that much to be really scared about. And then that being said, I think Graham Harrell's air raid with Keaton Slovis is going to be pretty potent this year. 
Akeen Slovis, uh, it's looking like he, well, I mean, this is really early, but um, I saw someone uh, like an NFL draft scout tweet today that Keen Slovis will be the favorite to go number one next year. Um, and yeah, I just think 56 is too low, especially where I think it'll be more important for the defense to get up and going uh, for a morning game. I think that the offenses will have a little bit of an advantage, especially with um, these teams in their first games. It's looked like tackling has been a little sloppy, especially with little practice time. So I really like uh, a couple broken plays, uh, like broken tackles for uh, long touchdowns here. Yeah, I don't know if some of these college books are doing uh, – or these books are doing longest touchdown odds for college games, but I can see some big scores here. And it looks like there's like an 80% chance of precip- uh, precipitation up until 10 a.m., like an hour into the game, and that goes down to about 50 from there right, on good. in the day so it's no wind so that should be pretty unimportant just field which will definitely not help the tackling and I've, I've always been under the impression that the offensive player knows where he's going to cut and and the defensive player does not has to react so yeah. if the field is slick or slippery at all i feel like that only works in the offensive player's favor well i, I mean yeah but like routes too they can slip coming out of breaks and stuff that's true but for sure, much bigger for the defense. I'd agree. All right, moving on. Uh, there's a thing this might be our the only SEC game in our top ten or combined top yeah. ten. But uh, South Carolina getting ten points at home, hosting the Texas A&M Aggies, and you are a Gamecock this Saturday. So tell me why you you want to back South Carolina. So from what I've seen so far in Texas A&M, I really like them, and I think they're probably the third or fourth best team in the SEC. But they haven't been able to get margin in games like this. It's a, I think they could sleepwalk through this game. It's not a huge game for them. I mean, we've seen, we've seen them beat Vandy by five at home. Their biggest win is Mississippi State on the road by 14. And I mean, you've seen what everybody else in the SEC is doing to Mississippi State right now. So that's not impressive. That hasn't impressed me at all. Muschamp has actually been – he's been feisty as a dog at home especially with getting double digits. And I think that line is just a little expensive here after that South Carolina performance at LSU two weeks ago. Uh, I was on them that game, got just dismantled. And then LSU came out last week and got dismantled by Auburn. So I think that's reflecting poorly on South Carolina, but let's not forget South Carolina beat Auburn at home already this year. And they've played pretty well, both on the road, on, on the road and at home every game. If you take out that LSU game, so I think South Carolina is a solid play here. I can see AM sleepwalking through this game and they're kind of keeping this around a possession the entire game. South Carolina gets a bounce or two. I think they're a live dog here. Yeah, I don't got much on this game. Um, South Carolina just has like a perpetual bad taste in my mouth. They just, they're such like a hard team for me to back week in, week out. Um, but that was a pretty good case you made. I, I just don't see AM blowing teams out. And I think that's why. I, do, I like I don't like AM as a large favorite. So I think South yeah. Carolina getting 10 points is a pretty good bet. Yep. I like that. Um, and then moving on to our lone Friday night game. I really, really like the Boise State BYU total. I like it over 61. I think the total opened a little low early in the week because there was supposed to be weather. I think that's gone away. And we've seen the total tick up a couple points. I was shocked, so I'm in two points. Neither of these defenses have shown 
like elite elite capability. Boise State just just put up 40 points with their backup quarterback who's going to play again. That being said, their backup quarterback is from USC. So, I mean, he's probably good. BYU's offense needs no introduction, really. They've It's just been explosive play after explosive play week in, week out. They run the ball very well. Both these teams are top 10 in finishing drives, and they both run very high paces. I'm stunned this total isn't uh, closer to the 70s. I think that I honestly this for this podcast is my fifth favorite play it's probably much higher than that I um I really like this uh over 61 yeah I tend to agree I think you could also get a good number live potentially we talked about earlier that Clemson yeah Notre Dame, I think slow I think this is this could be a, a game where you just can just like keep live betting the over especially early yeah. on in the game oh I, I'd agree and like like you said these offensive has have both looked dynamic so far uh, both defenses have shown some improvement from last year, and they, they oh, both look like formidable I'm not defenses. I'm not like, trying to talk down just defenses. No, no, but it's like the offenses are just years ahead of these defenses. So Agreed. I'd, I'd look for an over here as well. Yeah. Um, so that's our top five. Our our top our top fives. Um, just for a recap, James went Clemson minus five, Arizona State plus eleven. SDSU minus nine, Oregon State minus one and a half, South Carolina plus 10 uh, for his top five. My top five was West Virginia plus seven. I'm going to look at it on the money line too. Liberty plus 15, a little bit on the money line. Memphis minus 18. ASU and USC over 56. And Boise State BYU over 61. Uh, Excited. Going to be a good day of Saturday college football. And Friday, too. I mean, like, we get an SEC game Friday night, too, I believe. I think Miami goes on the road, North Carolina. Um, yeah. No, NC State, come on. don't. NC State, it's my bad, my bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, actually, that would be a very good game. would be much better. Uh, I'm just going to scroll through real quick and just throw some games at you. Morning game, Michigan is traveling at Indiana. Indiana is getting three and a half. Total seen at 54. What are your thoughts on this game? If it drops to three on betting Michigan, I think it's really? too big of an adjustment. Yeah, if it's, I think it's too big of an adjustment from last week. If, if you took last week out of the equation, it's probably like seven-ish. And I like truthfully, I don't know which Michigan will show up, but I think Michigan is better than what they showed last week, obviously. And Indiana has been a little deceiving. They only averaged 2.7 yards on the ground last week at Rutgers. And then obviously we've, we've talked about now, this is the second podcast in a row. How fortunate they were week one against Penn State at home. Oh, that was a fantastic day. I was so happy. Yeah. But I, I don't – like, Michigan's big brother here. The last 24 meetings, Michigan has won all 24. And they've been a favorite in every one of those games. They have not been a favorite this small. So, I, I think this is just big brother, little brother. And, yeah, Michigan might not be that good this year, but I'm still not sold on Indiana. So – I will concede that point that Michigan kind of owns Indiana, but Penn State also owned Indiana, and Indiana won that game. That is true. Like these streaks will come to end. We saw that with Kentucky and Tennessee earlier in the year. Um, yeah, I I lean Indiana because Penix has gotten a little unlucky. Uh, that's the Indiana quarterback. He um, I think he ranks ninth in passing ex- in passing explosiveness, and the Michigan secondary was ranked in like the low nineties. Um, 
I think Michigan's offense is a little overrated. I think Minnesota's defense is just that bad. We saw many points Maryland put up. And finally, I think Indiana's uh, defense is a big step up from what they've been playing. Um, losing, losing to Michigan State kind of made sense in the spot. I mean, we were both on Michigan State. But yeah. I think getting three in the hook and what – and what I expect to be uh, – that was your number one play. Good hit. I kind of had a bad week last week, but I think we were still uh, – I think we were yeah, still I, like six and four combined. So, I'll yeah, I was, that I was four and one, so that, we did all right. And one, we went two and three. Um, but, yeah, I leaned three and a half uh, with get taking the three and a half with Indiana. I also think Indiana's looked like – I think right now they're a team that needs – like more game reps because it, it looks like they're like just off, like by like barely on timing. And I think as the season goes on, they're going to improve actually. But yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, I think a lot of teams will be like that though. Uh, moving on down. Let's see. Georgia. Florida, Georgia. Florida? Yeah. Uh, so Florida's traveling to Georgia. Georgia's laying three and a half, but it's looking like it's going to go down to three. Um, totals at 52 and a half. I know you liked Florida. I was on Georgia earlier, but you talked me out of Georgia. So I want you to tell these fine folks listening why you like Florida. Well, I came into the week wanting to bet Georgia because the last seven, eight years, they've dominated this matchup ever since that Florida dynasty. But I just, I don't think they have it this year. Yeah. Okay. You're good. You're good. Oh, yeah, I'm going. sorry. Another fucking interruption. Uh, no, I know. Uh, came into the week wanting to bet Georgia. They've owned this matchup the last seven, eight years, but I just don't see it with this Georgia team on offense. And their strength has been that defense all year. We've talked about it, probably the best unit in all of college football. Definitely best defense. But Manuel LeCount is out this week along with three other defensive starters. Uh, so that worries me. Is it Richard? Richard LeCount, LeCount. Oh, LeCount whatever it is. There was a Manuel LeCount, too, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, it's LeCount. That's all I know. But Florida's looked pretty good. Last week, we were both on Missouri trying to fade Florida off what we thought could be a big deal with all the people that could have been out with COVID. Apparently, they all played and played pretty damn well. They dominated that game. Uh, and Florida's defense actually looked really good last week, too, which has been the concern all year. I don't think they even need to play excellent defense to cover this game because I think their offense will be able to move the ball with uh, Trask and Pitts. But at three and a half, I think I have to play Florida. I think it's going to be a close game. They usually are. But I just – I don't trust Georgia on offense. They have looked really bad. They – Quarterback position is just a glaring hole right now. And JT Daniels would make sense for this game, but I've heard the cartilage in his knee is just not there yet. So I think at three and a half, I might play Florida and maybe look at that under because there's supposed to be some wind in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, um, I'm starting to, I'm almost there on Florida. The one thing that doesn't quite, or that's holding me back is that I think Kentucky makes these slower, not as explosive offenses look worse than they are. And 
I think that we're going to kind of see a Georgia offensive performance closer to what they did against Tennessee. Like the, that being said, Florida's rushing uh, defense is much better than I had originally thought, especially after watching Texas A&M just run all over them. And that's, that's making me want to bet Florida, but I just can't get there. So I probably won't. Yeah. I, it, it'll be Florida for nothing for me if I play this game. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Um, oh, here's a great game. UTSA at Rice. Just kidding. Um, we were on Rice last week and they, they uh, won out. That's right. <laughs> With uh, the third head coach for Southern Miss. That is That still blows my mind. One and season. They, yeah. And they, those are sixth game of the year. That is remarkable. Yeah. Um, one game I want to throw in there is – Stanford at Oregon. I haven't looked in this game too much, but I'm curious your thoughts on this. We've seen this number come down a lot. I think it was Stanford 10 and a half for most of the week. Yeah. Uh, wh- where are you at on this game? Eight seems too low to me. I'm, I'm not going to play it, I don't think, at this point. But I think there's too much over-adjustment for the injuries and absences of Oregon. I just – I don't think Stanford has it yet. I've, I don't – like the tra- uh, the trajectory that Shaw has had over the last three years at Stanford, they've progressively gotten worse after like they were legit his first few years. I agree. It's uh, I don't know. I I'm really confused on why it's eight and why it just keeps going down. I think he's a good underdog coach because Stanford plays really slow. And I don't know how Oregon's offense will look without Herbert and uh, they still so, got pretty good running backs. But I actually yeah, kind I, of ag- I I agree with the move because. Oregon is going to have five new starters on the offensive line. Originally, it was going to be four new starters and Penny That's Sewell, right. who's the best left tackle on, or who was best left tackle in college football, but he opted out to prepare for the draft. They've also lost talent in their secondary. I believe Javon Holland opted out. Um, yeah. And I think they lost another secondary piece. They have a. They, I think they I, had big three, three big losses, and Sewell and Holland were two of them. I just can't remember the third. It's It was like one of the most – Difficult to pronounce last names I like I've ever read. That's all I remember. But uh, and then finally, and like they lost Justin Herbert. And I was, and I'm going to mean this very strongly. I was not a Justin Herbert fan in, in college. He had one throw, and he just throw a bullet over the middle, bullet over the middle, bullet over the middle. That's all he would do. Uh, which is why I'm stunned. He's he looks this good with the Chargers, um, but and like now you go to a guy who hasn't made a start yet. And I'm Tyler Show, I think his name is. I think he's supposed to be really good, though, isn't he? I'm sure he's highly so recruited. Up so here, up here, I have a couple buddies who are really in touch with Oregon football. And they, uh, they I've heard um, him called the truth, um, the next <laughs> Herbert. And normally, normally, this is, uh, you know, stuff that, like, I take with a grain of salt. It's normally hyperbolic a little bit. But I do expect him to be kind of good. Uh, they they just lost so much from last year, and I don't. But the thing is, their recruiting classes have been great lately, and I still expect oh, them to yeah. have a bunch of defensive talent. Um, who's oh Kayvon Thibodeau is a beast. It's Thibodeau, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that how you say it? Whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So I don't know. I I'm a, also I think that's Pac-12 after dark. So if I have a good day, I might throw a little something <laughs> on like Stanford money line or something. Oh, it's not even. It's at five thirty. 
That's the same time as Clemson Notre Dame. Fourth yeah, game. okay, oh, I definitely will have a wager on it. Definitely won't. Are there any Pac-12 after dark games? I think Oregon State, Washington State is right. Yeah, eight thirty, and then oh, we got beautiful. New Mexico, Hawaii at nine. Oh, perfect game! Can't wait, can't wait, baby. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, any other big takeaways? I'm pissed that that Cal game got canceled. Gosh dang it! Yeah, you had a little bit to brag about in that one. Other than this, though, no. I'm really excited to see the Pac-12, what they look like. Uh, and I'm excited to see, that, like, all of them – every conference is back now. Matt came back the other night. It's officially college football season. It only took until November. So, it's good to have it back, even though it'll be brief. I'm just trying to enjoy it. Win some money. Yep. Um, action was great. I was very excited that just to have that – horrible horrible college football games on on wednesdays um yeah so that should be it guys don't forget to follow us at the sharp side pod on twitter check uh check out our website um i'm going to try it's just there's a bunch of games this weekend but i'm going to try what i always do um with just kind of throwing out a play on every game for the day um no promises this week just because i'm going to be a little busy um the next couple nights but um, I'm going to do my best to get it out there. If not, uh, just look at our Twitter. We're always tweeting our, the plays that we have for each uh, yeah. window. Um, I'll try and do better just for, like, looking around and uh, seeing if there's a, a couple live bets. Because we did mention a couple live bet games that um, uh, we were looking at here. Uh, anything else to add? Is that it? Oh, no, rate, re- rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, yeah, check us check us out. We do good stuff. Uh, next week we got the Masters coming, so uh, we will have a pod for that. Might be a little bit of a quicker one, but we start with golf golf pods. I think we've done six or seven golf podcasts, and we hit outrights in three or four of them, and we had a bunch of runner, and I think we had like two or three runner ups too. Which like I think we went one two in one of them. I forget which one. It was towards like closer towards the beginning of the golf, the restart of golf. But very excited to watch the Masters next week. That'll be great. Next week is going to be a fantastic sports weekend. Um, yeah. Anything to add? Nope. Let's go win some money. All right. For the Sharp Side Podcast, appreciate all of you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Let's go win some money, baby. Thanks for listening. Yeah.